Welcome to this episode of the Tourism Geographies podcast. My name is Joseph Chia. I'm one of the editors of the journal Tourism Geographies and one of the producers of episodes in this series of the Tourism Geographies podcast. Today, we've got two guests who are profiling the new paper recently published in Tourism Geographies titled Using High Resolution GPS Data to Create a Tourism Intensity Density Index. The authors of this paper are Rotem Bashkov and Noam Shoval, and they will be joining us on today's episode of the Tourism Geographies podcast. So with that said, let me introduce our guests. Um, firstly, I have Rotem Mashkov, who is a PhD candidate in the Geography Department, the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. Welcome to the Tourism Geographies podcast, Rotem. Thank you. Thank you, Joseph, for hosting us. Uh, we're very happy to be here. No, we we're very pleased to feature this uh, new contribution uh, to the journal. So thank you for your efforts in that regard. And with Rotem is Noam Shoval, someone who's published multiple papers in the journal Tourism Geographies. Noam is, um, I'm sure, for many of listeners who are academics, doesn't need much of an introduction, but he is Professor of Geography at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem also. Welcome, Noam. My pleasure to be here today. Thank, thank you very much for making the time in the midst a lot of other things going on, as I'm sure our, our listeners know. So just, just, to, um, just to further introduce you, this paper hasn't been assigned to, a, to a, um, an issue yet because it was only published in November. So it's hot off the press and uh, already it is making quite an impact. In this paper, that they, they say that techn technological developments over the last two decades have allowed researchers to employ advanced tracking technologies to collect high-resolution spatial and temporal data. Despite the extensive use of these technologies in tourism research, they have not yet been applied to the existing indicators of tourism demand. And that's particularly important because around the globe, we see destinations wanting to know how to better manage tourism. And in order to do that, they need to have empirical data that provides indicators to suggest whether progress or not is being made. So this is why I'm very pleased to have uh, Rotem and, and Noam here today to talk about this um, pressing issue. So to begin with um, Noam and Rotem, what was your motivation for the research, if I may ask? Uh, hi Joseph, I think that uh, I would start and say that uh, this paper, I mean, we actually waited for it for a very long time. Since for the last uh, two decades, we developed uh, methods for collecting time-space data of uh, tourist activity in time and space in a very accurate way using various tracking uh, methodologies like GPS, for example. Mm -hmm. However, we were busy, we and other researchers, uh, with uh, all the challenges of collecting the data and presenting the data and doing some uh, analysis for the data, but usually analysis per analysis. Uh, but mm -hmm. here, for okay. the first time at least, uh, from my point of view, we actually managed to take uh, the unique database that we will tell something about later, and actually managed to create a new, I would say, generation of a, a intensity density models. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we will uh, elaborate what was used in the past. And now, thanks to the uh, very accurate data that we have, we can actually create uh, indexes 
that mm -hmm. could be measured across cities, accord, uh, across destinations, across natural areas, in a very uh, high resolution in terms of time and space, and in a much more objective uh, way than we could do in the past. And this is why actually we're very excited about this paper because it's it's uh, the new type of data enables a new type or a new generation of uh, uh, touristic intensity and density indexes in destinations, which mm -hmm. the last I would say uh, advancement in this area was decades ago, and yes. hopefully this uh, this method or this approach will now result in uh, many more. Uh, papers and efforts to create uh, better indexes, which are so important when uh, um, cities uh, and destinations, not just cities, uh, experience uh, what we call over-tourism or, uh, you know, a lot of demand for uh, yeah. in those places. And uh, cities and DMOs and organizations don't have which is exact measures actually to understand what is going on in time yes. and space, not just on an annual level or a, you know a whole city level, but now on a very very accurate levels. So hopefully this will open the way for many many works that will follow in this field. Certainly, I think it offers a, a novel approach to to dealing with issues like over tourism and and trying to um, develop an empirical basis for 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 assumptions. Uh, Rotem, did you want to uh, say anything in addition to that? Yes, uh, I think that, uh, first of all, I want to say that I was uh, fortunate to be guided by Professor Noam Shoval, and as a teammate uh, at his uh, research group, uh, the Advanced Tracking Technologies Lab, uh, we are main, our main objective is to promote research based on the application of advanced tracking technologies. So I think, uh, and, and, and I'm also a, an urban planner, so as an urban planner, uh -huh. I think that um, I, I had this uh, aspiration to examine uh, the, the urban perspective and ask and see exactly, as you mentioned, how cities are coping with uh, extreme tourism uh, situations such as over-tourism. And yes. uh, we found out that uh, uh, although many indicators and indices have been developed over the years, trying to uh, quantify the tourist activities at the destination, uh, there are these still uh, uh, calculated with low resolution in terms of uh, time and space. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. uh, recognizing this uh, limitation of the existing indices in uh, their accuracy of capturing information and also the in uh, the in-depth familiarity with advanced tracking technologies as part of our work in the lab uh, has led us to a vision to develop this pioneering uh, index and to leverage uh, the potential of high resolution data. Definitely. I think there are enormous um, methodological and practical implications uh, that this work provides, not only just to not only to scholars, but to um, practitioners as well. So I was interested, Noam, you mentioned the word unique database. How did you obtain the unique database in the first place? OK, so we need to go back a bit and also give some background to our listeners about what is happening today in uh, a lot of uh, transportation planning agencies. Uh, globally. Uh, also, transportation planning have uh, been transformed in uh, recent years in the sense that they are using uh, a very accurate uh, data inputs for the models. And when I'm mm -hmm. talking about very accurate uh, 
data inputs, I mainly refer to GPS uh, data that uh, either they mount on cars, and okay. today in many places public transportation uses already GPS trackers. Yes. And this is how we know when buses will arrive or not, and, and it makes everything easier for the user, but also for the planners. Mm -hmm. So um, in Jerusalem, they started uh, about 12 years ago, they did a huge transportation, uh, they're building a, a light a tram system, and they used, uh, a, they used a, a huge uh, survey of about 16,000 residents in the city in order to understand, they actually gave them uh, GPS trackers to understand what's going on, and this was fine, and they create a new transportation model for Jerusalem. Wow. So about, uh, I would say, eight years later, I came to them and, and told them, you know, Jerusalem is a very uh, important pilgrimage uh, city and a tourism center for uh, Christians and Jews and Muslims. And you have to take in account the tourism, uh, uh, you know, the, the tourists that are coming to the city, which sometimes could be about 15, 20 percent of the whole population. At some times during the year, and actually, I managed to convince them that we must do a similar survey for tourists. So mm -hmm. between uh, 2015 and 2017, before the COVID, we actually managed to get about 1.5 million US dollars as funding for uh -huh. this research. Yes, and uh, we we managed to track about 3,000 incoming tourists to Israel. Um, when they landed in the mm -hmm. international airport, which have over 90% of all the one entry place almost to the country. So it was okay. a very good uh, situation in our case. And uh, then to basically track them if they were willing to by receiving a, a smartphone with free calls, free roaming in Israel and some other mm -hmm. incentive. And in that way, we managed to get really a unique database that is uh, um, monitoring the, those inbound tourists uh, every second in a resolution of meters. And uh, I just have to say, so this is unique database, and it's you know quite unheard of. Even though we know about some some of those databases, that mm -hmm. colleagues, uh, our colleagues uh, in Tasmania, Australia, like Professor yes. Anne Hardy. And uh, the mobile uh, Tartu group in Estonia, yeah. and, and there are some other examples. But um, I want to say that uh, this this is a unique database. But I think in the future it won't be so unique, because we have as a researchers also to look right and left and see what databases exist. And in many cities today, I know several European and American cities they use the same method for uh -huh. their transportation models. So basically. What I mean, the outcome of this survey that we took it uh, for uh, our research, but um, the outcome is basically the practical outcome is to update the transportation model of the city of Jerusalem and taking in account the tourism. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that this is going to be much more widespread. It's already widespread globally, but Indeed. I think that uh, we as the researchers, if we are uh, collaborating with the transportation agencies, we can get a hold of those databases mm. and then uh, we, we, we will see more and more uh, data such as this database.
Right. I can't help know, uh, Noam, but ask the question. Uh, are, there, are, there, are there ethics implications for the use of that data? Yes, of course. Every participant have to sign an informed consent. We are not, uh, you know, there are many rules. It's also a governmental uh, agency. So it took us yes. uh, about a whole year just to get all the needed uh -huh. approvals, including from the university IRB. Um, yes. But but the thing is that we, the tourists, not you don't have to participate. We don't track every tourist that is landing. Out of the uh, two and a half million tourists that landed, we only sampled a small uh, fraction. I mean, at the end, we had 3,000 people and they had to, you know, we explained to them what it's all about and they can stop the tracking at any time, etc., etc. So it's not uh, like in the case that you just track all the mobile phones or you track people. It's like a regular a regular research, uh, right. but instead of just using questionnaires, you, you're supplying a, basically a tracking device. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And I, I purposefully asked that because a lot of um, PhD students and master's students putting together their research proposals will probably be asking the same question, right? So, which brings up the next, uh, the next thing I wanted to ask uh, for you, Rotem. What is the difference between the index you created, the IDI or the intensity density index, and existing indices indices that are out there? Over the years, the various of the indicators for evaluating uh, tourist activity and tourism impact have been developed. And I mm. think the oldest indicator that probably all of us know is the first, the, the, the TF, the tourist function from uh, 1967, uh, which mm -hmm. calculated the ratio between numbers of beds uh, offered in the destination and the number of residents. Uh, yes. Later on, a lot of uh, indicators uh, used the same logic to do some relative, uh, uh, to, to measure the relatively, either the intensity index and uh, the tourist intensity rate, which calculated mm -hmm. the ratio between the visitors and, and the numbers of residents, or the density, uh, tourist density rate, which calculated the ratio between the visitors and uh, the destination area. So these yes. are the two uh, most popular, most common uh, or traditional indicators uh, from if we're looking at uh, from the uh, demand perspective. Okay, if the first mm -hmm. the first used used to look at, uh, at indicators from the supply. So these are the indicators for, for the demand, and they are still considering considered as the leading uh, indicators because they have. Uh, they are very relatively easy to calculate. Uh, uh, they use uh, very basic statistical data, uh, and they enable uh, uh, to compare uh, each other. Yet, at the same time, they are not sensitive enough, not specially, uh, and mm -hmm. not temporarily. And uh, as we mentioned, we have the technology. We have the uh, the uh, we can. Uh, uh, try to uh, apply the, the the GPS technology in order yes. to to create a new indices, and this is exactly what we try to do here in this uh, uh, project. Uh, and actually, our index is based on these two uh, common uh, indicators. Uh, but mm -hmm. uh, as you probably know, when we're using uh, GPS data. Uh, yes. It enables it, it us to uh, distinguish between two patterns, uh, and then we can also have uh, additional to the time and space in meters and seconds. We, we also have uh, two uh, patterns of passage, 
the total mm -hmm. number of participants who pass through uh, each cell and also mm -hmm. the duration. So we can measure uh, another um, uh, element of the uh, tourist activity. Mm -hmm. And eventually uh, the result was four high resolution indicators uh, that can describe much in fine graded, uh, graded uh, resolution uh, the tourist activity uh, in right. time and space. Uh, and I think the last part uh, for us was to create the IDI, which is the uh, Intensity Density Index, uh, which compo uh, composites all the four uh, high-resolution uh, indicators together uh, to, cre to create something more uh, holistic and um, as a one measure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And as, as I as I listen to you, Rotem, I'm thinking about all of those colleagues who are doing research on the rise of the, 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 the recovery of cruise tourism in popular cities around the world. And I'm thinking that this approach you've taken would be ideal in terms of trying to come to um, uh, grips with how to manage that intensity of visitation all at once. Brings me to the next question um, for you, Noam. Um, can the intensity density index or the IDI be easily applied to other cities as well? Uh, yes, of course. This uh, the advantage or the highlight of this index uh, that you can basically apply it everywhere. Uh, you have the parameters, you only need the data. So uh, the moment when people have data, and it doesn't matter if it's on an attraction level, on a city level, on a you know, province or state level or on a national level, you can uh, easily implement it and, uh, co and, and also compare having a, a, a great comparison between cities, let's say, or uh, e again, it's, it's useful to compare apples to apples, uh, etc. So to compare two identical geographical units or two similar geographical units with this index. So this is great news. You can also do it with the old indexes. Yes. But now we can do it in much more uh, accurate ones. You know, we have the time aspects. We can do it by the hour or by the day or uh, seasons in one city, but we can compare it uh, to various places. And I think this will bring us uh, to a much, would say, scientific and accurate uh, way to measure what is actually going in our destinations. Right, right. You, you, you talk about um, accuracy just then. And, and Rotem, I wonder uh, if you could comment on this question, what are the limitations and strengths of the index that uh, we are talking about here that you created? Uh, I think, first of all, let me talk about uh, the limitations uh, concerning probably uh, the biggest limitation is the applicability. Uh, but as Noah mentioned before, we do believe it will be much more uh, applicable in the future. But, sti mm -hmm. but still, uh, if we're using uh, this uh, data, it, the, the procedure is, requires great skills and, and, uh, and a lot of uh, high costs uh, yes. for, at the moment at least. And we also need to remember that the use uh, of GPS based is a survey, okay? So it's not, uh, it's a relatively complex and expensive, okay? And we also, it results in a limited sample size. And, yes. And so these are the limitations that we do believe that uh, in the future it will be uh, easier uh, uh, to conduct in a larger scale and not only a sample size. 
And I think that the, the strength is this is a novel uh, use of tracking technology, okay? It yes. now en enables us to measure the tourist activity and destination in much more accurate and sensitive data uh, than the traditional indicators, okay? Also uh, in, in temporal and uh, special. So we can actually know and uh, calculate the index per each cell, okay? And, and per mm -hmm. a given time. Uh, mm -hmm. It's important to say that in the article, we explain uh, the method and we uh, we uh, only presented it as a specific temporal and special condition, but of course it can be and should be, and this is something for future research maybe, uh, to yes. strive to uh, implement it uh, in a comparative manner uh, mm -hmm. to, to compare different uh, destinations and different times and, and et cetera. And we look at it as, an, uh, as something that ideally uh, will be calculated uh, frequently, okay, to, to provide uh, this continual assessment uh, for decision makers uh, or policy. Uh. Okay. Yeah, as, as I listen to you, Artem, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, this, the, the, the product of this research is really a, a showcase of how supervisors and candidates can work together to bring out really novel and, and, and important research. So I, I have to say congratulations to both of you. And my next question to you both was, you know, given that this is now um, uh, at, a, at, a, at an advanced development stage, how do you see the research continuing from here? Joseph, I will, I will start and take it from here. First, I want to say that uh, actually a comment about Rotham and a comment about in general about uh, PhD students nowadays. Yes. It was a great pleasure working with Rotham and, and the levels of her skills. Uh, it was really astounding and very fast learning, especially all those the methodologies. And uh, in general, when uh, uh, I have to say that I see current PhD students with uh, not just a, a good set of skills, but also the learning curve is, is mm -hmm. very fast. And they are also able to learn online and, you know, not mm -hmm. just by the traditional sources as yes. you know, when I was studying. Uh, I studied only things that I could study with my professors and they have yeah. a lot of knowledge and they are very glad to see how the young younger generation is actually able to do really, to do greatly forward many of those things. So this was a one, uh, one comment. The other comment uh, is that um, it's the high cost was, I would say, very specific to this survey because, uh, but in general, I think we are, the whole world is moving into uh, more available data just around yeah. us uh, in our cities, by different agencies, by different commercial companies. So mm -hmm. I do think the databases uh, and companies are interested also to to get insights from researchers about how you know what can we do with the data that we have. So taking yeah. account privacy and taking account you know all the things we need to really safeguard. I think we are more and more in a situation where this kind of databases will be more widely available. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But now I want to get back to your question: uh, Where do I see the research continuing from here? So. I see, and I'll try to be uh, short and concise and to see that uh, I see two directions. One of them 
is to try and create a, by some programming real-time tools. So this will be something that we from academia could help also uh, destinations and the policymakers by not publishing or creating those uh, uh, tools available for this data available for analysis in real time. So mm -hmm. you will be able to see it in a, you know, in a city or in destination and, and be able to see not just what visitors are doing, but to, yeah. uh, to do analysis in real time uh, yes. by, uh, by algorithms and by, you know, predetermined uh, procedures. And this could really also help for a better management of destinations, yes. time and space. So this is one thing. And the other thing will be to add the uh, element of different sensors into mm -hmm. our, you know, because in this study, we basically analyzed what people are doing in time and space in a very accurate way. But yes. uh, imagine that we have also the ability to collect information about the tourist, what she or he are doing. I mean, what, uh, not just what they're doing, what are they feeling, what are they looking at? Mm, and yes, yeah. gather much more robust information about uh, their visitor experience in time and space. And I think this is something that we are already working on. And mm -hmm. I think this is where at least our research is moving uh, to. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I completely agree because um, the objective uh, method that we are trying to implement, uh, that we have tried to implement in, in this article, must also uh, eventually uh, include uh, the, also the subjective aspects and also the, uh, the embodied aspects. Uh, and I think uh, combining uh, with uh, additional sensors will allow us to, uh, to capture much better the tourist activity. And, mm -hmm. its, and its impact uh, yes. on destinations and on tourists uh, or residents. Mm, I, I think that's particularly important moving on from just sim moving forward from just simply tracking tourists, but to understanding the sentiments and feelings uh, is a great complement to the, the data collected. And it makes me think um, of, uh, to both of you, did you patent this in any way or is this something that the funder uh, did uh, I'm just I'm just wondering about the the um, the the intellectual property and the monetization of this intellectual property. Who benefits? <laughs> so actually, it's a good question. We we are we are a bunch of uh, naive naive scientists, so we didn't uh, patent it in the past. <laughs> I have to say I I, I have two pending patents for other things that we did in the past, but. Uh, here, I, you know, uh, we didn't uh, do it yet. We have to think, <laughs> not regarding this index, but uh, maybe on, on some future things. But no, actually, we didn't do that. Maybe yes. our administrators will be uh, mad when they will uh, discover this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Because it, it makes me think of things like, you know, the, the, for example, the Global Sustainable Tourism Council has their set of indicators. But compared to what you are talking about here, they seem so um, basic and rudimentary. <laughs> you know, this is like light years away from that. And uh, I, I congratulate you for all the years of development of this. I'm sure it didn't happen overnight. Uh, no, you're right. It didn't uh, overnight, but with uh, a lot of collaboration with colleagues uh, globally. 
Yes. And with uh, a very talented uh, graduate students locally, we I yeah. think we can look back and see that we basically are um, developing these capabilities uh, along, you know, big tailwinds for us. It is happening with yes. the whole uh, geoinformatic revolution, miniaturization of uh, all kinds of equipment, the digitalization, the development of the cloud. Uh, all this is uh, having a direct impact on how we do research, how we do especially uh, tourism geographies. And I think this is why I think it's exciting. I mean, I'm looking at the next uh, couple of years when, you know, all these devices are getting uh, much smaller, embedded, uh, and, and think about all the developments regarding uh, augmented reality glasses by Meta, by uh, Apple by Google, it, it, on one hand it's scary and it has huge implications for privacy, but you, we have to realize that uh, this is where the, you know, mega tech companies are moving to. So uh, if we can uh, uh, benefit from this uh, big uh, shift and tailwind and see how we can get it into our, um, you know, research and uh, with all the issues of privacy, etc., which, I mean, it's not just us, it's a whole industry moving to this direction. I think the, it's exciting time to be a researcher, and especially if you're a young researcher, if you're doing now your PhD uh, in the area of uh, geography and related fields, you have yes. great chance to, you know, to start in a very advanced position if you know how to take advantage of I would yes. say huge shift that started, not yes. to mention, or we should always mention now nowadays, and I'm a bit cynical or uh, sarcastic, or AI, artificial intelligence. This is also yes. going to, to be very important, as we know, in every field of our life, in, in, yes. in research, but also the ability to deal with a lot of the data that we are collecting. So I do think it's, you know, with every advancement, we have a lot of challenges, a lot of we have to be careful, we have to, there are limitations, we have to be verified that they're not breach of privacy, but I do yes. think it's a very, very exciting time to, to be if you are a researcher in those fields and uh, uh, we are also very glad to publish it uh, in uh, the leading uh, journal in the field of tourism geographies, which is actually one of the leading journals in general in uh, tourism so we are so happy to to get this paper published here and we're looking forward for future engagement with the journal with our newer findings of course thank you thank you no i'm very well said rotten do you want to make any final remarks before we say goodbye to our listeners you asked about who benefits and i just <laughs> wanted to add that uh, as an urban planner i think uh, i will I would want to see that the cities and the, the destination will benefit the most yeah. from uh, this technology, that we could better improve the, the visitor experience and, and its well-being. And so this might be, again, naive, but this is my uh, motivation for this uh, technology. Yes. Well, we, we hope, Rotem, that when, when the PhD is, is done soon, you are not lost to the academic community and you don't... Um, <laughs> become a strange <laughs> in the community because I think this work has still some some way to go. Um, so thank you again for, for considering tourism geographies for this work. For listeners, just a reminder,
This paper is titled Using High-Resolution GPS Data to Create a Tourism Intensity Density Index. Some novel uh, approaches to how um, issues like agro-tourism can be, can, can be able to have an empirical basis for, for destination management. This was published on the 7th of November 2023. And even better, the paper is available open access. So if you're a student and you don't have a library um, subscription, you should be able to go to the website, Tourism Geographies, and download the paper without cost. So with that said, um, I would like to say thank you to you, Rotem, and thank you, Noam. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you for uh, hosting us. It was a pleasure. Yes. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, stay safe and take care, and we look forward to your, your next contribution to the Tourism Geographies uh, Journal and as a continuation of this framework that you've put forward for the benefit of our readers and researchers. So from me in Sydney, thank you very much for listening to Tourism Geographies podcast. We look forward to um, bringing to you another uh, interesting and exciting podcast on Tourism Geographies research in the journal. So thank you very much and goodbye from me in Sydney. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Tourism Geographies podcast. We look forward to bringing you more next week. Please join us then.